Shameless Media. I honestly feel like this book was one that I was a slightly different person, a slightly stronger and more stoic person when I closed it. Wow. And I can't say that for many books. And I think it it's interesting reading the Goodreads reviews because there are a lot of people who really feel the same as I do. There's just some kind of magic in those pages. Welcome to The Tastemakers in partnership with Bailey's Irish Cream Liqueur. I'm your host, Gemma Diamond, and in this very special fortnightly book club series, I sit down with your favourite tastemakers from a range of backgrounds. From beauty to lifestyle to food creators, over the next few months, we will be getting to know the tastemakers we reckon lead the charge in their respective areas of expertise. Since Bailey's and indulgence go hand in hand, I will of course be asking our tastemakers how they see enjoyment in moments away from work too. Is it a glass of Baileys on a Friday night at home? Is it getting lost in a romance book for hours? Or is it binge listening to a thriller novel on a long drive? We've got a lot to chat about, so let's get into it. Today, we are joined by Michelle Andrews. Hello, Gemma Diamond. (laughs) I love hearing it. I love hearing (laughs) that name. I am so excited to be here. We are in a very bougie house in Collingwood, Melbourne, and I can hear a lot of like life and color and fun things happening outside. So if the listeners can hear that. I mean, sorry for enjoying ourselves. Sorry for being in like an immersive podcast for you. There is a large part of me that wants to pretend this is my own heritage listed property. But yes. unfortunately, I think the charade would be up pretty yeah. much right off the bat. I think as well, like it's just, it's eclectic. It's beautiful. It's a really good setting for us to have a chat about books. Well, you've given me a beautiful segue into my first question, (laughs) Michelle. I would love to know, when did you first fall in love with reading? I fell in love with reading, I think I would have been seven or eight years old. I had just started netball and I was obsessed with it. And there was a four-part netball series. And I'm hoping there is someone out there listening to this who knows what I'm talking about. Written, I believe it might have been by two Australian authors, and it was called Netball Dreams, Dreams with a Z. It's funny that just hearing you say Netball Dreams, I knew it was with a Z. I felt mm. it in my heart. Yeah, this was a big deal. I reckon back in like 2002, this yeah, was okay. it as far as Australian children's literature was concerned. See, I was playing netball at this time, but my mother's, I mean, saddest moment <laughs> is when I pointed out to her that I was just in it for the uniform, oh, which feels I was, on brand for me. <laughs> <laughs> I was in it for so many different reasons. I actually fell in love with that sport so much, but I also fell in love with this series I read those four books, I think, like maybe a total of 80 times. I reckon wow. I ran through the series 20 plus times. It was that kind of thing where I just reread it and reread it and reread it. And it wasn't just my love of netball. It turned into like a love of reading and a ritual that I would go to bed. The problem was, was for so long, I just wanted to read the same thing. Well, okay. So if we're crediting that with your initial mm-hmm. love of reading, it's also why we're here today to talk mm. about your love of the world of books. Is there an idea that you have picked up from a book that you've read that you find you apply to your life now or perhaps pass on to people that you, you know, love or work with? Mm, Yeah, there's an incredible book. It's called The Courage to Be Disliked. And I will put on the record, it's a slightly controversial one. Mm -hmm. I think it's a book you either love or you hate. Yeah. I happen to love it. I 
think this is such a beautiful one because for me, I mean, there was there was a bit in there about feedback and maybe relinquishing this idea that what other people think about you matters all that much, which I found really helpful. But also a huge portion of the book just focuses on the idea of courage yeah, and okay. bravery. And whether that's something small in your relationships with people in your life, having mm. little moments of bravery to really be honest with them or be vulnerable with them, or whether that's bravery in the workplace or bravery in sticking up for yourself. I honestly feel like this book was one that I was a slightly different person, a slightly stronger and more stoic person when I closed it. Wow. And I can't say that for many books. And I think it it's interesting reading the Goodreads reviews because there are a lot of people who really feel the same as I do. There's just some kind of magic in those pages. It wasn't even that the message was incredibly complicated. A lot of it was very, very simple. Mm -hmm. But I think I found it at a point in my life where I needed to hear what the book was trying to tell me. And I think if anyone is listening to this who thinks, oh, I, I need a dose of that. Yeah. I need a little hint of bravery in my life and courage. Definitely pick up the courage to be disliked. I think it will really revolutionize the way you see yourself, the way you see life and also the way you see relationships. I will be picking this book up. Mm, it's amazing. I would love to know, let's say you're in a bookstore, you mm -hmm. can only choose to read books from one section mm -hmm. of the bookstore for the rest of your life. Mm. Where are you planting yourself? What a good question. Thank you. Can I take us to the airport bookstore? You may. And the... Where are we going? <laughs> Let, where do you want to go? Oh, anywhere. A lot of people point. go to Fiji at the moment, so I'm like, I'd go to Fiji. Yeah, great. Who am I to say no to a holiday? Did you go on a honeymoon? I, at the time of recording, I am. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll go somewhere sunny where we can read lots of books by a pool or body of water. I want to go to the airport bookstore and I want to just exclusively spend my time in the best-selling section. You know, nice, they've got like the yeah. top 20 bestsellers. Yep. I just feel like I know that popular things, some people can kind of roll their eyes at that or want something more niche. But I feel like if something's best selling to that point, there's a reason for it. And I always Agreed. find something I like in the best selling section. I totally agree with that. And I've realized I've been leaning into that more and more mm. just to digress for a moment. I've been using a lot of cliches in speech yes. and I've realized, no, these exist for a reason. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're popular for a reason. Yeah. And they're often accurate. Yeah. Well, I'd love the bestseller section. I feel like every time I go to an airport, I want to pick up at least two to three books. I love that. Mm. Obviously, you love to read. You mm -hmm. love books. Would you say that books and your love of reading have influenced you as a co-founder, as a business owner, as who you are professionally? Mm. I think I've definitely picked up things from books that have helped me as a co-founder. I remember mm -hmm. Emma Isaac said in... Her book, I think it was Winging It, she said, go a centimetre wide and a kilometre deep mm -hmm. when it comes to what you're pursuing as a business person or in your career. And I really love that and I come back to that. But the longer we've been in business, I say um, we as in Zara and I, mm -hmm. I don't think books influence me in the workplace. Yeah, okay, I think that's interesting. I, I kind of need to lean out of career focused books because I feel like I think about career and I think about work so much. I think the purpose books serve for me more so now is just escapism. I just really want to read sugary, fun, juicy, gossipy, drama filled fiction books. Mm -hmm. They really give me a sense of reprieve, I think, from all the stuff going on at work. And I definitely see a place for 
business focused books but honestly my brain is so tired of thinking about business sometimes I just want to think about anything else are you the same yeah yeah to a point Mm. it's but it is hard to switch off yeah that's why all of the books that I read have also nothing to do (laughs) yeah yeah could go off on a whole other tangent (laughs) however I so I know you've said you you do like to switch off from business but Mm. I do have a couple more business questions for you I'm sure that our listeners are across some of how Shameless Media came to be. Mm-hmm. Obviously, yourself and Zara left your jobs, essentially risked it all to start Shameless Media. Mm-hmm. I would love to know, is there anything beyond a gut feeling and instinct that says to you, this idea is going to cut through? How do you Ooh. know or are you just kind of following that feeling? It's definitely like gut is a massive part of it. I'm actually a huge numbers girly. Yeah, okay. Which I don't think I've actually spoken about much on the show. And I think maybe people come into the team and are a little bit surprised how much I just crave data and analytics. I'm often putting screenshots of graphs into our Slack channel to everyone. (laughs) I think the proof is in the numbers often. And I think that's something I, I really try and talk to even our team about. Obviously we get a lot of feedback all the time, like we were talking about earlier. But I think the ultimate feedback is, are people listening? Are they returning to listen the next week? And is that listener number growing? And if it is, I think that's the ultimate form of feedback that you're not always going to hear the positive, like the positive stuff. I think people are more likely to say something neutral or borderline critical, but I love the numbers because I think that is, it it can't be argued with. It's like indisputable Mm. that the numbers are strong and therefore the idea is strong. And I constantly have my head in that stuff. So whenever it comes to thinking of the next idea, often I'm looking at what numbers we can attach to that to figure out if the audience is there for it Mm. and therefore the demand is there for it and it's what the audience wants. I think that's wise as well because on the compulsion to to leave a review or to send in feedback, Mm. when I listen to something that I've really enjoyed, my first instinct is to call a friend. Tell a friend. Yeah, 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 yeah. sit down, re-listen to it, think about Mm. it. My first instinct isn't, I'm going to jump on and leave a review here. It Mm. will then prompt a dialogue somewhere else in my life Mm -hmm. that kind of comes with me throughout my day, if you will. I think so many of us are the same. I remember I watched a a really great talk from Tim Minchin. He was talking to a university group. I think you've probably seen this. It went really viral. And he made a point in it that so often we talk about the things we don't like, but how amazing would it be if we really shouted about the things we love? And I really try and remember that. I actually have made a New Year's resolution to leave more Google reviews for the restaurants I love. Yes. Because I I can see our videographer, Charlotte, laughing at this. Charlotte. (laughs) (laughs) I I want to, I so often leave a restaurant and think that was amazing. But I have, I never leave a Google review telling them how amazing they are. No, or I'm great their service. The same. I will do a colossal Instagram story. Yes. About, this was the best, and yes. I drank this and I ate this, but yeah. then that disappears. <laughs> I, went the most, I went to the most incredible Italian restaurant the other day. Wow, what a tension I'm taking us on. <laughs> well, this and is I looked the at taste makers, Mish. We trust your taste. Well, we want to hear that. I looked at their Google reviews, and it, they were bad. But Mitch oh. and I were sitting <laughs> there. did not go the way I thought no, it was going to. This is the to. thing, right? Really bad Google reviews. Mitch and I sat there and we're like, this is amazing. We love this restaurant. But then I left and I didn't leave them a review. So now my news resolution is I'm going to start doing that. I'm going to start giving people more positive praise because I think they deserve it. And they're not going to hear me say to Mitch on my drive home that I loved the carbonara. 
<laughs> so like I'm just no. going to start but making that more public. Could. Yeah. <laughs> I really did love that carbonara. <laughs> I am going to bring it back to business and mm-hmm. creativity and content. Mm-hmm. The shameless media MO, if you will, is all about creating unique content. Mm. How do you ensure that the decisions that you're making as a business owner align with that goal? Mm. I think part of being unique is really putting your head down and ignoring what other people are doing. Mm. I would actually love to listen to Australian podcasts and I don't know, get out there and see what other people are doing. I'm really intentional about not doing that. The yep. only Australian podcast I really listen to is Hamish and Andy. Yes. And I think that's because they play in such a different space to what we plan on playing in as a company. Yes, I understand. So I think for me, I don't feel like it's the right thing to listen to what other female podcasters are doing because mm. even if I unintentionally absorb their ideas and then churn out something similar, it just feels risky, honestly. I think so often adopting other people's ideas and running with them happens unintentionally. I don't think we even realize we're doing it. So that's one thing actually, really putting our heads down and just focusing on what we care about and what we want to do. And then I think the other thing is actually actively trying not to emulate anything else in the Australian space. We're constantly having conversations to be like, what is not here? What is the gap? Constantly trying to ignore the stuff that is in the space already and looking for the holes around them. Mish, obviously this series is in partnership with Baileys, so it would be remiss of me not to ask, how do you do Baileys? I am a simple girly. I love Baileys over ice. And why don't I actually show you instead of telling you about it? As a Baileys purist myself, I think we probably should. Yeah, let's get out of here and get into the kitchen. (laughs) If you insist. (laughs) All right, Mish. Bailey's on ice, talk me through it. This is your signature Bailey's. Well, there's not much to do. (laughs) Grab your spoon. (laughs) This is Bailey's for beginners, perhaps. Bailey's for beginners and also Bailey's just for people with very, very good taste. All right, so then we just pop some Bailey's in. This is this is my drink. This is I'm a Bailey's purist as well, so I really feel I found a kindred spirit here. Okay, cheers. Cheers. Yum! That's delicious. Let's get back to it. Oh, perfect. Cheers. Here we go. (laughs) Cheers. A little bit of ASMR for anyone. That's beautiful. (laughs) While you're having a drink, perhaps we pivot away from work. We've got your signature Bailey's drink in front Mm -hmm, of us. This mm -hmm. is one way to indulge. Let's say you have found yourself free home Mm -hmm. alone on a Friday night. What are you doing? How are you indulging? I am just watching so many episodes of a reality TV show. I I got into Vanderpump Rules earlier this year and I didn't know it was going to become like the reality yeah. show of 2023, but I watched, God, so many seasons back to back to back in the space of a few weeks simply because I just love it. Like I know it's trashy. I know other people might not get around reality TV in the same way. They don't have to. They don't have to. And I just get so much joy out of it. I don't know. It's something about the pervy look inside other people's Mm. lives. And also to make it a little more meta, the pervy look at how people want to present themselves on a reality show. Yeah, okay. I find really fascinating. I also find it really fascinating that people would want to be on a reality show. Yes. Because it's my worst nightmare. Mine also. Yeah. Which is interesting because I'm 
clearly not shy, but no. just the thought of that environment, not for me. I think it's the putting the control in a producer's hands yes. for them to mould you in whatever way they see fit. Obviously, they can only use what you actually say and do. I know. I would get the villain edit. We know this. They would just need one shot of me rolling my eyes as someone says something, which they would get in the first day, <laughs> and then they could just replay that over and over. I would get the gossipy girl edit, like the one who just yeah, – okay. That's like, kind of fun. I can't keep Quirky. secrets, and it's accurate. I can't. So don't tell me anything. <laughs> Well, maybe we'll have a um, a bit of a crossover in your answer to this one, but how do you find joy in the smaller moments? Mm, I find joy in being able to switch off. I feel like my brain is busy for so much of the day that when I'm not working, because work for me bleeds out a lot. Like obviously we work when we're at the office, but I'm also in charge of a lot of the social media right. here at Shameless Media. So yeah. I feel like that kind of job while it's a really fun job it doesn't necessarily stop because I'm like yeah uh, you're in content so you would yes but I'm very strict on when I will post mm -hmm. I, I don't post any ads on weekends and mm -hmm. I tend to not do them after five I really treat it like that's very healthy yeah. and balanced of you <laughs> I will see so often I'm like well this is peak engagement time yeah. this is when people are you know on their phone scrolling so I want to post this silly Kardashians thing or this snippet of an episode or whatever. So when I'm not doing that and I'm finding pockets of time, I really just want to, I want to feel like my brain's kind of empty, to yeah. be honest. I want to, because I, I actually that. find that when I'm doing that, that's when ideas come. Yeah. My ideas, I really love being an ideas person, but ideas don't come to me if I'm doing too much. Ideas come to me when I'm watching like sugary reality TV, when I'm at dinner with my partner and we're just having like, little chit chat or I'm in the shower. Mine come in the shower or mm -hmm. in the middle of the night and I wake up, bolt upright and go, an <gasps> idea. <Yeah. laughs> I found one. Yeah. <laughs> That's nice. Your dreams are really helping you out then. I don't know if it's the dreams. I don't know. I think there's just something in my brain that's like, oh, we see that you're relaxed now. <laughs> Let's change that. <laughs> I don't know if this will be an easier or difficult question to answer. Let's find out. Mm. In what ways would you say that you are a tastemaker? In what sphere do you think you're a tastemaker? I think I'm a tastemaker in a quite specific sphere. I feel like I'm pretty good at figuring out what will be spoken about next week. Yeah, okay. Like the thing, that will, the thing that's starting to become a thing on social media or the thing that's starting to become a thing amongst my that friends. that calling Zara the oracle for this time. <laughs> well, I feel like I'm good at recognising a trend. Yeah, okay, Particularly cool. if it's like a discussion point, I'm pretty good at being on the money with what the next big thing will wow. be. So I feel like it's pretty good in that we can often, and I think Zara does this really well as well. I don't know if she gave you a similar answer. No, she's, she's, she's also really good with restaurants. There and, it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think we're both, I think it, we've really had to train ourselves at this as we've done more and more content. We're both pretty good at recognizing when something is about to become a big conversation piece. Yeah. And that's really helped us so that when an episode of the podcast drops or a scandal series drops, Often randomly, I mean, scandal so often is just something random that we happen to want to talk about that happened 10 years ago. But it is kind of weird that sometimes a scandal series will drop and then all of a sudden that person at the exact same time is back in the public yeah. eye. And I think it's just that we can kind of sense what the next thing might be in pop culture or in social media, particularly like TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. 
it goes without saying that as an author yourself, as a shameless book clubber, that <laughs> reading is one of the ways that you unwind. Mm-hmm. That in mind, I would love to hit you with a few rapid fire Ooh. questions just yes. to wrap things up <laughs> because we've realized I can't talk and sip my Baileys at the same time. So. I will sip while you talk. <laughs> We, we've decided that they don't have to be one-word answers, but okay. just kind of speedy. What, yeah, that's, what's that's, top of mind? It's a good directive for me because sometimes I just can't, I literally cannot stop talking. <laughs> we have that in common. Okay, first question. I'm going to time it with your sip. Mm-hmm. What is a book that you think deserves more love? Expectation by Anna Hope. A great one if you're a woman in your 20s with friends. Oh, you had that one ready to go. Mm. What genre of books do you enjoy reading? Ooh, like so many of them. It's more like what I don't like reading. I like reading everything, except I am not a huge sci-fi girly. Yep. It would be a pretty special case to get me into sci-fi. Noted. (laughs) Uh, What book inspires you either in a professional or a personal sense? There is a great book that we actually did for book club a couple of years ago, maybe. It's called In Love by Mm -hmm. Amy Bloom. It's a nonfiction book. It follows one woman who loves her husband as he chooses to go through voluntary euthanasia in Switzerland. It is such a beautifully but also simply worded book. And I was just in awe of it then. I'm in awe of it now. This might be tricky because you are ahead of the trends, but all tastemakers (laughs) do have their bandwagon moments. Oh, my God, always. Is there a book or a series that you unashamedly adored after it became trendy on TikTok. Oh, yeah. One of my favorite books ever is Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow. And I definitely seen that already become a huge thing on TikTok months before I ever dove into it. So that one, if you haven't read that, like, what are you doing with your life? That is one of the best books I've ever read. And I think about the fruit tree and the backyard all the time. Again, if it's popular, it probably is for a reason. Yeah, 100%. And that book deserves every little bit of praise that it got. Well, that means that it's time for us to have a couple more sips of Bailey's Mish. Thank you so much for joining me. The Tastemakers in partnership with Bailey's Irish Cream Liqueur will be dropping in your shameless book club feed every fortnight. So keep an eye out for our next brilliant Tastemaker joining us on the show very soon. To see videos of this conversation, check us out on TikTok and Instagram at The Shameless Book Club. Thank you so much to Bailey's for allowing us to indulge and bringing the tastemakers to life. And remember to always drink responsibly. We'll see you next time. Thanks, Mitch. Thanks, Jem. Bye, guys. This podcast was recorded on Wurundjeri land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land.